Hey sluts, I'm Aubrey, an Aquarius Sun, Scorpio Moon, Taurus Rising. And I'm Danny, a Sag Sun, Leo Moon, Libra Rising. And I'm Alice, an Aquarius Sun, Pisces Moon, and Leo Rising. And, and we're, we're your extra extra sluts. <laughs> <laughs> All remote today, so <laughs> not our smoothest intro, but we did great. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well, welcome, Alice. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We already said we're huge fans, but for our oh. listeners, we are huge fans of Alice. So this is very exciting for everyone. We oh, talk about you, you honestly on the podcast all the time. Oh <laughs> Bro, he's like, well, one of our favorite astrologers, Alice, always says to do this. So <laughs> that's so cute. I need to listen to those. That's I love that. <laughs> And you are like on theme too. You're like perfectly in pink and green today. You're yes. <laughs> Colorful florals. I love dressing in color. Me too. Amazing. Um, well, Alice is here today because she has a very exciting new book out. <laughs> you got it. Of thank course. You. Thank you. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit today about the book about some of the timing in like your journey with the book and then also relationship astrology and all that good stuff okay perfect let's get into it cool um do you want to just start by telling us a little about you and, like your journey with astrology just like a little overview for people that don't know you yes Okay. Yes. So I, my background was fashion. That was like what I was doing full-time. Like I was a fashion assistant at Vogue magazine until 2019, but in 2018, um, right on my 25th birthday, that's when I taught myself how to read my own birth chart. Um, I kind of stumbled across it. Like someone gifted me a birth chart book for my birthday from this astrologer, Susan Miller. And then I was like really into co-star at the time. I'm not anymore. Um, and then I was also like obsessively checking my horoscope to see if this guy I liked would text me back. So it was like a combination of those things that led me to Google what's my actual birth chart. And then when I pulled that up, I was like intensely looking at like, what does Saturn mean in this house? And what does Venus mean here? And that stuff really resonated in a way that just like being an Aquarius sun never resonated with me. Or no, I mean, Aquarius sun did resonate with me, but it wasn't like the full picture. Um, so hearing like about the Pisces planets and the Saturn placement and the Neptune Uranus placements, like all that um, I was obsessed with. And I wanted everyone else to know that they had like this full birth chart. You didn't just have like your sign. Um, so I started doing readings for like all my friends and family um, all my coworkers at work, I would send out these like really long written birth chart readings to people. So I was doing that like for the first 10 months of discovering astrology. And then I was, I felt comfortable after like almost a year to be like, okay, maybe I should start charging some money to do these readings. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I certainly didn't think of it as like, this could be my career path, but I think when I started charging, people and seeing the demand for people wanting readings from me just over posting it on Instagram. That's when I was like, oh, wait, I actually could turn this passion into a business. And so from there, I kind of set up a formal website and started doing more formal readings and getting a lot more practice and doing work for like fashion brands, like going into in-store events and doing readings for people at like brand pop-up events, things like that. So 
it was all, it all came together very naturally. And there was like a natural moment where I was like, okay, making way more money off doing astrology. It's time to quit my job to do this full time. And that was, um, four and a half years ago. That's so cool. That's so awesome. I feel like I followed you for such a long time, but I can't, I'm like, I feel like it has to have been like three years now or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. How Like I, I feel like I remember you posting, you were leaving your job. Yeah. That was, that was four and a half years ago. That was January, end of January, 2019 that I did that. So you were following me like, oh my God, like so long. (laughs) Those are the early days. I felt like I didn't even know astrology. I was like, how did I quit my job? Not knowing that much about astrology, honestly. Just meant to be. Yeah. 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 I feel like doing it full time too. It's like allowed me to fully focus my attention there. And that's how you get better. Yeah. And you don't have to be like exhausted from your like day job and then be like, I don't want to read a book right now and have to like use my brain. That's like what I get trapped into all the time. I'm like, I need to not exist anymore. (laughs) It's hard to find time to read still because I still have to be learning. Like you never know everything as an astrologer. So yeah, always trying to learn something new. Um, will you share a little bit with people about your recent travels? I feel like you had like a very exciting worldwide kind of last couple of months. So maybe like yeah. Italy and then your London book stuff. Yeah, June was crazy. So I didn't plan this. Like I planned to have an astrology trip, um, astrology themed trip to Italy back in October. And that was before I knew the publishing date for my book. And then they ended up being like the same week. So I was like, oh shit. Um, But yeah, I wanted, I've always been obsessed with like art history and Italy's a place I love going back to. So I had in my mind, I was like, that would be so cool to show people on like a tour, all of this astrology art in Italy. Um, So that was my aim with it. And I got 23 women signed up for the trip and I was like, they're I like led the group through Italy. It was kind of chaotic. I'm not going to lie. If I were to do it again, I would not do a week long trip and I would probably do less people, but it was a good learning experience. And like, we got to be in Italy and go from Rome all the way through like Umbria and Tuscany. Um, So it was really fun. And like, I got a lot of confidence, like teaching workshops on the spot and like I don't know, just like a lot more confidence with public speaking. Cause I was always talking to like 25 people for like a week. Yeah. A masterclass in public speaking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then the week after that, I went straight to London because my book had come out right before the Italy trip. So I was like, okay, I need to go do promo and events for that. So that's what I was doing the week after. Um, just like, yeah, book events where people came and like, I talked and signed their copies and things like that. That's so cool. That's so fun. Was your publisher based in London? Yeah, they're Penguin UK. So it it's like kind of complicated, but basically it was easier for me to get a good publisher in the UK because I am the astrologer for British Vogue. So that's oh. like the angle. That's why it came out in the UK first. Um, but yeah, it's coming out in America in January of 2024. Okay, amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, and then at British Vogue, you are like the resident astrologer. Is that true? Yes. So I do weekly horoscopes for them. Um, sometimes I do other articles, but mainly it's just weekly horoscopes. Amazing. It's so exciting. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Should we get into a little bit um, like trust your timing themed about the book? 
talk a little bit about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I would love to hear like some of your birth chart placements that you feel like kind of led you to this like new era, like the writing the book, kind of doing this, like even like the teaching astrology, um, like those kinds of things. Is that like something you saw in your chart or do you think that's more of like a transit kind of situation? I would say both. Like I have Jupiter in the third house, which is like good for being able to break down complex astrology, complex information like astrology in a way that people can like easily understand. So I like writing and sharing on social media, doing stuff like that. And then I also have Mercury conjunct the sun, which I think is big for like, just mind is always on needing to write and share my ideas a lot. Um, but yeah, the transits were definitely lined up for publishing. I got the book deal when Jupiter entered my ninth house, like a week after it entered my ninth house. And then it was published about like two months or a month and a half after a solar eclipse in my ninth house. So continual ninth house transits. Um, and it's interesting because people had reached out to me in years past, like in 2019 and 2020, I definitely wasn't ready to write a book at that point, but it's still like people reaching out. And I was like giving proposals and nothing was happening. Everything was falling through. So it's, it was clearly like the ninth house transits had to happen for the book to actually get published. Yeah. That's so cool. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. It's amazing. I like, that is like my, my life dream is to write a book. (laughs) I'm like, so what happened? (laughs) So what? Wait, so you're rising, you said at the beginning, I'm you're a Libra rising, so you need the Gemini or Sagittarius transits highlighting your third or ninth houses. Yeah. So I would say, 20, okay, so the eclipses come back to those in like 20, 29th, 2030, that time frame, and then also Saturn's in Gemini at some point, maybe close to that time too. That seems a long way away though, but- you never know. It's not that far. <laughs> I know. It's less than yeah, 10 years. Yeah, it is only like six years. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just keep my notes until then. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. Amazing. Um, and then what was your like, what was the writing process like? Like, did this take you like a long time or did you just like have like outlines in place already and put it together? Or was this all like in one kind of go? Um, so I had an agent reach out to me in the spring of 2021, April of 2021, around like a new moon in my ninth house. It's crazy, like how it's always ninth house. And she was like, have you ever considered writing a book? And I was like, actually, yes. And I had this whole idea to write this astrology book on like, it would have like four sections, one on like career, one on family, one on love, one on self. It was like way too much. And then I started like trying to come up with the proposal 
And I was like, wait a minute, like I'm the most interested in romantic timing and like understand. That's why I got into astrology was because it helped validate certain difficult traits I had when dating. So I was like, I should focus on this for the proposal only. That way I can go way more in depth on this subject. Um, so it took, yeah, from April, 2021, I didn't finish developing the proposal with the literary agent until May of 2022. So that took really long time. And then the book was sold to publishers in June of 2022, and they gave me until December of 2022 to write it. And I didn't start writing it till halfway through August because the contract wasn't signed until July. So yeah, I literally wrote this book like September, October, half of August, like two and a half, three months. Wow. That's wild. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. But I feel like it's also like it is. <laughs> Like, I feel like when you like came out with just like the title and a little bit about it, I was like, oh, that's like the book that you like would be writing like in the best way. Like, I felt like it just felt like very organic to like just your content and like what you share already and like what you share about your personal life. So it does make sense that you were able to like whip it out. Yeah, it's like, it's like when all the thoughts have been like lingering in your head for a while, it's just a matter of like getting it on the page there wasn't a lot of research involved because I like already knew what I wanted to say it was just Mm -hmm. getting it out um but yeah I stopped doing all other work during that few months like I would just make Instagram content and then write my book and that was it Uh, literally Danny's dream that's (laughs) it'll happen didn't write my little book (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) it'll happen one day yes like when I trust your timing right when I'm like 33 That'll be my era. Yeah. <laughs> maybe 30, maybe 32, because that's a ninth house perfection. Oh, so maybe the yeah. starts at 32 or something happens in. Okay, amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Should we get into a little bit more about like the book and relationship astrology? So I like have yet to do my whole birth chart in this book, but I obviously will be going there and I want to do like my whole with my boyfriend's chart, but I've been just like skimming through the book the past couple, Mm -hmm. like the past day or two. Um, And I feel like something that's like stuck out to me is like, it is so in depth. Like there is so much content in here and I feel like that's- Oh, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, between like Aubrey and I, I feel like we're just like collecting astrology books, but so many of them are just like the same. It's just like written to that person's voice or something. So I'm like really excited to dive into this. Um, And I think our listeners will just be like super excited too. But like beyond sun sign compatibility, where are like some of the key points people should turn to in their own birth chart? Like houses, planets, what are the kind of main ones you cover here? So when we're just talking about like synastry and compatibility, that's what you're asking. Um, Yeah. So there's like a few different things. First, you're looking at like, how do the signs match up in your chart? So that could be signs by element or signs by by modality. Because like sometimes people will be like, oh, Cancer, Aries, it says that's not compatible, but I'm like, they're both cardinal signs. Like those are likely to attract each other. And like same with like mutable and fixed signs. Um, so that's a big one. And then also like when certain planets touch other planets in synastry. So like Saturn conjunctions with some, like if someone's Saturn conjuncture Venus or your sun or your moon, or even your rising or 
like your ascendant line, that's really significant to watch out for. Same with like Jupiter. Um, those are like, I see that a lot with relationships and same with like contacts with the North and South nodes in the chart, like someone's Venus or moon on your North or South node and vice versa. And then also like what houses do their planets fall in your chart? So like the people you tend to like get along with and like have the most fun with usually like their planets will be overlaid onto your fifth house or your 11th or your ninth or your third or your first and seventh. It's like, there's some tricky houses there too. Like the 12th house, the eighth house, the second and the sixth, those are probably the most difficult to have in chemistry, but it's not like nothing's doomed with astrological compatibility. Like everyone's going to have difficult and easy aspects with a partner or a friend. So it really is just showing like where do the challenges lie in the relationship and where do things come easily? It's never like, oh, you're not compatible with this person. Um, And then I think, and you get into transits too in the book. Yeah. So the last section is transit. So getting into what transits mean for people that don't know anything about it. Um, what do each, what does each planet mean in transit? And then certain transits I see that take place at significant times in relationships. So like getting into a relationship or having more dating activity or getting engaged or married, or even getting like divorced or going through a tough time in a relationship, even if you aren't breaking up. So just being able to like apply that to your own chart to see like, Hey, when might my, when might my relationship reach one of these pivotal turning points? Okay. Wait, I have a fun fact I have to share. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering if you're going to say this. No, I forgot until now. Okay. That this is like perfect timing. So when you, I was at your, um, Soho house, the Chicago astrology event you did like maybe. Oh my God. Yeah. That was in 2021. Yes. Okay. So I was there with my ex-boyfriend <laughs> oh asked my about our timing, like a relationship. I think mm-hmm. I asked like about our charts uh-huh. and you were like, eh, like, this is not a great year for you for relationships, but you were like, but next summer will be, cause that was when like Jupiter was in my seventh house and we did yeah, yeah. like two more weeks after that, <laughs> like we broke up right after that. And I started dating my current boyfriend, like, last summer. Like, literally the first week that Jupiter was in my seventh house. Um, And we're still together. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's crazy. So those transits I definitely talk about in the book. It's really, like, you're watching where Jupiter is, where Saturn is, and where the nodes are. So the nodes going through your second and eighth houses as a Libra rising when they were in Taurus and Scorpio these past two years that would have brought about like relationship issues, maybe like uncovering that. So that was maybe what was the breakup the first time. Um, But then, yeah, have also Saturn going through your fifth house. That's like tough with dating too. But then you had Jupiter come along in 2022. So having something more positive. I love that. (laughs) I know. It was just so funny. Aubrey and I, like, we just like recovered that memory like last week or two weeks ago. (laughs) Wait. (laughs) I was really like, wait, no, didn't you meet her? Like, (laughs) I was like, I'm so excited to meet Alice. And Aubrey was like, afraid to bring it up because it was (laughs) with my ex. And then I feel like they were like, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) I blocked that out, but. Oh my god. I'm glad you it has a happy ending though. Yes. See? Trust your timing. Everything happens as it should. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) And for Aubrey, like 
your Taurus rising, there might be something this year. Are you with someone? I'm not with someone at the moment, but I have a big crush on someone. So I'm hoping that you're talking about them. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. I would watch out for the fall. There's going to be a lot of stuff in Scorpio around end of October, November. A lot of seventh house transits for you, which will be okay. good because it's the opposite Jupiter in your first house. Jupiter through the first house is also like a big relationship transit too. Interesting. Yeah. I, when As soon as Jupiter went into my first house, my mantra is I'm the most popular girl in school. Yes. <laughs> it's like a self-confidence boost. Yes. I no, I feel, I do feel like opportunities and like I just feel like people love me right now which is amazing <laughs> oh my god yeah Jupiter it was crazy like the second it went into Taurus in May it was like immediate like felt the shift from house to house yes okay we're recording to fill it off off the air we have started to review me and my crush's sinistry is how is what we missed at home but continue what you're just gonna say Alice yeah your sinistry looks really good but like um I always say like the timing like where each person is in their life and the timing in their charts is so much more important than compatibility because you could be like so compatible with someone and if it's not the time maybe it's the time for one one of you to be in a relationship but not the other or even neither it's not gonna work so yeah you really can't fight the timing yeah and I do think because this is someone I like went on a couple dates with and the timing was not there yeah yeah I think the timing is there now but I don't want to like get your hopes up because sometimes it ends up being someone you completely didn't anticipate but I would say for both of you, like there is knowing that you're the person you have a crush on is Virgo rising possibly and you're Taurus rising. I would say there's relationship stuff coming up for both of those rising signs. I do think I'm in like a pretty secure place about it right now where it's not like definitely in the past. I'm that person that like mm -hmm. puts everything on like one little crush, which I always appreciate. You are like so vulnerable about mm -hmm. your like crushy tendencies Alice I love it I'm always like oh she gets me like that's um, literally where my username on Instagram came from yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I have like a like a Venus retrograde like the natal my natal Venus oh is retrograde God. and it's conjunct Neptune so like I I spiral you know yeah that is so interesting <laughs> oh my God but right now I feel like I'm in like a very secure place about it yeah. where I'm like, it'll either happen or it won't. And like, we have to reschedule a date. And I'm like, yeah, we're like, it'll have it. Like, we'll figure out a time when we're both free, when we're both free. Yeah. That's the mindset to have. You can't be fixated on getting into a relationship or else it won't mm -hmm. happen. Yeah. So we yeah. shall see. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have to keep me posted. I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll be getting like updates after every day. Like <laughs> they texted me back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, give me updates like in the fall. Like that's that's when the real <laughs> transits happen. I'm not gonna buy anything until it's the fall. <laughs> okay, good to know. Well, I have a very busy summer ahead, so okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that makes sense though.
Um, amazing. Do we want to get into some little listener questions? Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Aubrey, do you want to read them? Sure. Okay. We had our listeners write in to see what they want to know about relationship and compatibility and stuff. So someone Mm -hmm. asked, how can you tell if you and your partner have long-term compatibility? Okay. So there's not something that tells like, yes, this is a long-term relationship versus this is a fling, but there are patterns I see in the charts of long-term couples. Um, like off air, we were talking about one, like having the same element of rising signs, really common, like having two fire sign risings or two earth or whatever. I would also say like when planets fall in the angular houses of your chart. So if you know your like your chart, your Taurus rising. So Aquarius is your 10th house, Scorpio is your seventh, and what's the other one? Leo is your fourth. So anyone that has planets that fall in those signs, it's going to show up like, I don't, the connection is going to probably feel a lot stronger. And especially like the 10th, fourth house overlays, like planets, their planets falling in those for you. There's this sense of like, okay, we're on the same path as a couple. You've we feel really at home together. It's easy to like start a family and like have this common goal you're working towards. So I would really look into those or yeah, like, so the sign of your ascendant, descendant, mid heaven, and icy. Um, those are the main ones. And then also Saturn, like Saturn contacts. I mentioned that earlier, but like when Saturn, someone Saturn aspects, your sun, moon, Venus, ascendant, um, descendant line, there's just like, a willingness to put in the effort to make the relationship work that there isn't like there can be initial attraction with like a venus mars conjunction but is that relationship gonna last like i don't know because that's just a that's just initial attraction to each other there needs to be like saturn or something else to like help it go the distance basically okay i have a random personal question i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna spring on you okay i what what does um what what would you say like Pluto's impact on like synastry is because I I have a Scorpio moon so like everyone Mm -hmm. like a little bit older than us has Pluto in Scorpio and so like a lot like I've tried to date people a lot of times that have Pluto conjunct my moon yeah I feel like it's just always like this like horrible power dynamic and I'm like can I just like not date people a little bit older than me? <laughs> yeah so I feel like you are gonna get that I mean the, there's people that are gonna manifest that Pluto placement on your moon more negatively than others so I wouldn't write that off just as I wouldn't write off like any sign if you've had a bad experience with it yeah. because um you never know how that next person's gonna act but yeah, I would say like what you were saying, power struggles, like jealousy or issues of control coming up, that would be the negative side. Um, the more positive side of Pluto conjunct the moon or like another inner planet would be like, they're able to help you maybe transform and like look at certain parts of yourself that you normally wouldn't look at. Like, how can I release certain negative patterns and behaviors and like transform my approach to dating? In relationships so that would be Pluto at its most positive which is kind of rare yeah (laughs) yeah in my experience rare (laughs) yeah Um, we'll go to our next listener question someone asked are eighth house and twelfth house really that bad signed eighth house Gemini Venus twelfth house Libra moon 
No, they're not bad. I find <laughs> most people that are even interested in astrology have eighth house, twelfth house planets because it's like you're wanting to understand why you are the way you are. Like there's an interest in like self-improvement and spirituality to begin with. So yeah, I honestly look at eighth house. Um, there's like people associated with death and like all this negative stuff. Like, yes, that can be true. And same with the 12th, but eighth house has a lot to do with like money and like earning potential. I would say like, that's really like what you should look at it for. And then also it kind of has a similar Pluto vibe, the eighth house of like always needing to improve certain aspects of your behavior. Like what is no longer working for me, shedding that and like coming into a new version of yourself. So there's this like constant transformation going on with the eighth house planets, but yeah, there could be a tendency in relationships to be very like picky with people, very selective about who you open up to, or just like hard to open up to other people and be vulnerable. Um, with 12th house, there might be like drawn to partners that aren't super available or just being very, very like secretive and private about your personal life or like building up fantasies around it. But 12th house planets are great for like being like helping other people and like being really good at giving advice. Um, also like anything having to do with like healing and spirituality is probably big for you. If you have 12th house planets, like a 12th house moon, maybe it is harder to like understand your emotions. Cause like anything in the 12th is hidden from you, but there's great potential to be like super intuitive. And, um, I feel like things like meditation or astrology or anything spiritual would like really help. I feel like whoever asked that has just been like gaslit <laughs> into being like, just be the cool girl or whatever. Yeah. Like people with the people with those planets freak out about having them. Like I definitely did when I first started learning astrology, but like, those are great ones to have. Cause you really understand like why you are the way you are. And you're also really good at like reading other people. Yeah. I always like, I have a Leo moon. So I always mm -hmm. am like, do you imagine the depth? Like, mm -hmm. I, like, I feel like those placements are so nice for connections. If you can just like feel comfortable enough with yourself to like open yourself up that deeply to someone else, um, could have like yeah. connection and healing and yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'll pause yeah. you. Yeah. And our last question is, I have a seventh house Uranus in Aquarius. Are my relationships cursed? This language is crazy. It's like <laughs> bad, bad, cursed. People say doomed a lot. It's like, no, you're not cursed. <laughs> we need a, we got to soothe, <laughs> soothe the kids at home. Yeah, they're yeah. down <laughs> Like everyone born in a certain time frame with a certain rising sign yeah. also has Uranus and Aquarius in the seventh house. If you're a Leo rising, born in the late 90s, um, early 2000s. But what I was saying is um, Uranus in the seventh house, the way this might manifest when you're younger is like being drawn to people that are like really hot and cold with their feelings for you or like won't commit or kind of chaotic, like relationships might start really fast, but then end kind of quickly. Um, or you're just attracted to people that are kind of like out there, like not your usual type of person. Like they're kind of weird in some way, but you like that. Um, but the way to not attract, I feel like you have to get comfortable with like not being scared of clingy behavior in relationships. Like people actually want to be there for you and want to take care of you and like letting them do that because it's 
you can't keep going after these people that are just gonna like pull away and get distant I feel like that's so common with Uranus in the seventh house or even like Aquarius ruling the seventh house even without Uranus there um so both of those would really amplify that but yeah and also becoming comfortable like with you needing your own independence because sometimes the seventh house is a lot about what you project onto other people so like you're a you feel like you need the partner to be weird and independent and need they need their space but it's like how can you own those things within you so you start stop attracting these partners that bring those qualities into the relationship like how can you be more independent yourself or lean into like how you're really your own individual yeah that's nice I feel like that's just good advice for like even I have like a Venus and my Venus is in Aquarius and I feel mm -hmm. like that's also very yeah that same kind of interpretation would apply because Venus is also kind of like what you seek out in a partner but maybe you need to like own yourself yeah any other questions you have Danny let me think. Let me think. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I when I was just reading your book this morning, I was mm -hmm. you have like the there's like one section where it's like the um I want to say it was like the always single friend, and it was like that yeah. in the seventh house, and my that's where mine is in Aries. Oh my god, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> um so I was just wondering if you have any any advice for that placement with that Aries energy in there too okay it doesn't sound like you're always a single friend though <laughs> like you told me about two relationships that have gone on in the last two years no I feel like I am like I feel like I am though but I'm like not like I always have I always have a I always have boys even if I'm not dating someone but I feel like people like my friends still look at me as like the single friend Okay. Okay. I would say like Saturn in the seventh is like, you're either all in with someone or like, you're not, it's like, you need to like have this like commitment and longevity in a relationship or either like, that's one way it can go. So people who've been in like relationships their whole life, like getting married to their high school sweetheart. And like, that's their one relationship. That's a manifestation of Saturn in the seventh. The other is just like a fear of being like your full self around the people you date. Like a lot of fear and anxiety surrounding dating um, and opening up to, up to people or just like constantly like going for the wrong types of people and just not not exactly knowing what you want with relationships or being comfortable with commitment. Even if you think you want a long-term relationship and you're like, I'm ready for it, there might be something within you that like isn't completely ready yet until later and not like super late like Saturn return vibes that would bring up a lot of seventh house lessons for you so late 20s early 30s um and just like as you get older and gain more confidence in yourself you just know what you do and don't want in a partner yeah yeah I'm like we've been together for like over a year now and I just can't believe that I've dated someone for that long yeah so it is like a struggle for me to be like oh my god like it's like hard for me to be like I've been in a relationship with someone for that long even though yeah. I, like I wouldn't date him if it like I wouldn't date be dating him still but it is yeah, just like yeah. I have that kind of balance of being like it's okay it's okay to be in a relationship or like yeah, okay. exactly someone yeah so like maybe your Saturn return if you're still with this person hopefully you are if you really like them um will be about like further committing to them yeah. and like what's the next step in this relationship 
are we gonna get are we gonna go like get engaged or do the next thing or is it is it not working anymore hopefully it's the next step that's a little more positive that's so interesting just feel yeah. like I'm, feel like I'm yeah. really a lot of things so I'm enjoying yeah. it. I think it's good for research at the very least <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well, congratulations on your book. Um, we're sharing a copy currently, but oh, so we both like that. read half of it. I liked to had it for a few <laughs> days and then I was like, okay, you read some of it before we, before we have Alice on the pod. Um, but it's so great for our listeners at home. I, and compliments to the chef. Um, I think it is like so approachable. And yet, like, if you do know astrology, it still feels like I'm not being like, I don't know, mm -hmm. like talked down to like, it, yeah. I'm still like, oh, I'm, I'm like getting something out of this. Oh, I love hearing that. Yeah. I wanted to make it approachable for someone who doesn't know anything, but then I didn't want to bore people who already know about astrology. That's why I was like, transits have to be in there, like some type of prediction technique, because that's what I'm obsessed with. And it just, it makes it more appealable to someone that already knows their birth chart. Yeah. And like Danny said earlier, it is jam packed with info. Like you <laughs> could spend like an hour per page towards the end there so much. Um, and I'm excited to read it cover to cover. Oh, thank yeah. you guys. That means so much to me. Thank you. And yes, our readers who are entering questions asking if you are doomed and cursed. Yeah. And like I'll read this book. <laughs> I literally... I literally say multiple times throughout this, like, stop saying you're doomed and cursed. <laughs> well, this will be perfect because literally the whole question box, that was the vibe. It was all, yeah. it was all negativity. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> I do feel like when people first start learning astrology, they fixate on what's negative. Like I used to, when I was first doing readings for people, this is so like not good, but I would always be like, oh my god you have Chiron here you have Saturn there yeah. like I would talk about the worst possible thing first with that person <laughs> so funny mm -hmm. but yeah I think if you're like just getting started in astrology and you're just like googling stuff there's obviously like so many bad astrology websites on the internet yeah. and it's not until you like commit to being like no this is something I'm gonna like study and work on and like commit a portion of my life to then you can like get nice little books so yeah yeah and also just seeing like how I teach how to read transits in your chart or like how to better understand your chart like as you study astrology more and more years go by and you see how this stuff plays out it's not as scary because you're like oh nothing really difficult happened or that wasn't as bad as I thought it would be yeah amazing um can you tell people where they can follow you on social yes so you can find me at stock alice on instagram that's s-t-a-l-k alice and then my website's alicebellastrology.com and then i'm on Substack at astrology with alice um so those are my three things for now something other stuff will be coming in the future Ooh, exciting yes <laughs> Um, and people can buy your book. It's called Trust Your Timing. If we didn't say that seven times already, this is the book. Um, are you doing readings anymore or not right I now? I have like a wait list right now for readings. It's like, it's like a two year long wait list though. <laughs> so I don't, I don't really promote readings because uh, it's like not something I can get to everyone. Uh, 
Yeah. I'm like, I'm on it. <laughs> Best time you release readings, I like set my timer. Oh my God. Time. No. So it's in, you're, you're hard to come by. Hopefully you're at the start of the wait list and I can get to you kind of soon. Yeah. But I yeah. think I, I went on the wait list before even those readings really were released. So. Yeah. That was the smart people did that. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> what can I say? So hopefully only like one year until I can. Yeah, yeah. Maybe this fall. Maybe this fall. Like if you're Maybe in the top time. 50, yeah. But yeah, we'll see. <laughs> well, thank you so much for, for coming along. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. This was so much fun.